I'm Nareep Ben. Welcome to Life Deconstructed. This week, we're bringing you more distilled advice from the talented, inspiring women on the show. They've all opened up and shared candid reflections about how they got to where they are and what they figured out along the way. And that's really at the core of these conversations, getting a peek behind the curtain at the winding, often unexpected paths that lead to success. For some of the women you'll hear from, it's more about a life philosophy. Others share specific tools they've used to figure out their next steps. First is Nadia Ellis, whose story really puts the winding in the phrase winding path. She grew up in a prominent Orthodox community in Milan and went from a PhD in discourse analysis to hosting her own vegan cooking show across Italy. This is a philosophy that, first of all, I adopted for the rest of my life, but also I think it's a very good thing for anyone. If you're really curious about something, if you really have a passion or a dream or something, just give it a try. Maybe it's not the right one for you and you'll have others, but there's no point in just staying there and waiting for one day maybe to try it or being so afraid of failing. It's okay. You know, there, there are enough things you can do in life, even if one is not the one for you. My brother always tells me, because in Italian, there's this expression that when you take an opportunity, you jump on a train. And he always tells me, you know, we're all at a station and there are so many trains passing. It's just that you always have the guts to jump on whatever train is coming. I don't know if it's about having the guts or not, but it's true. I'm not afraid of jumping on trains and maximum you just get off. Ex-CIA operative Mary Beth Long has a completely different life story than Nadia and spent decades of her career in high-pressure, high-stakes environments. But her advice for finding your path is similar and something she deeply believes in. I have never known from one year to the other what I think I'm going to be doing the next year. And I feel so badly that this generation feels so pressured that there's some kind of path and if they go off the path, they have to get back on or they need to work for this guy or that guy or they need to have this job or that job within this many years. It's not true. I really feel deeply that you need to find your own path and there's no mistakes that you can make as long as you're happy and doing well in your job and in your personal life. The rest will come. I truly believe that. Sometimes figuring out where you belong or where to go next is all about getting out of a comfort zone. Alexandra Waldman co-founded the innovative fashion line Universal Standard, ushering in a real shift in the fashion industry with sizes double zero to 40. She got there through a whole lot of other jobs and experience and learned this. I think if you get to a point where you're like, I can do this with my eyes closed, it's time to look for something else. <laughs> you know, I think that fear and that sort of the anxiety of, you know, can I do this? What am I doing? How did I get here? Oh my God, what happens if I screw up? For me anyway, as an individual, I think that they're all sort of engines that drive you towards a certain level of success. After culinary school, best-selling cookbook author Adina Sussman spent years in all kinds of jobs in the food industry, trying everything that came her way and learning everything she could. It was only around age 40 that she realized her love of cookbooks could actually be her work. She's since co-authored over a dozen of them, including Cravings by Chrissy Teigen, and gone solo with her own bestseller, Sababa. Here's what she would tell her 20-year-old self about figuring it all out. Nobody is looking at you. Everyone is thinking about themselves. So think about yourself and do what you want to do because you never know when time is going to escape you. And also like people are not that focused on what you're up to. They're focused on what they're up to. So yeah. just do what you want to do and focus on it. Another thing I would say is don't assume too early that you know 
a lot about anything. You might think you know a lot, but stay open, stay in a place of learning. Don't make a lot of assumptions about what you know or what you think you want to do or your direction. Like you can really steer yourself into a narrow tunnel if you think that way. So just be flexible, be nimble, travel a lot. Maybe like my own advice to myself would be just speak your mind more. Don't be so worried about offending people. When reflecting on their own path, several women on the show shared some of their own go-to tools and tips for figuring out when to leave a job and what to do next. For founder of the augmented reality startup Illumix, Kieran Sinha, it's the genie test. You close your eyes or write down on a piece of paper, if a genie could give you anything in your career, what would you ask the genie for? The reason the genie test is powerful is because it tells you what you would truly want if we removed the fear of failure. And I think it was incredibly enlightening. And it was just this aha moment for me of, oh my God, that's what I want if I actually wasn't scared. But when I think about what I was looking to do, the internships I was applying for and what I considered success at the time, it wasn't what I would have asked the genie for. And so there's no fear in actually going for that thing, right? Worst case, you fall short and you're way further than you ever thought. And best case, you make it or you have clarity on your direction and you learn something along the way. And the real secret to the whole gig is that you're the genie. You have the power to give yourself anything that you need and want to be successful. Google director and author Alana Karen also has a specific approach that she's relied on throughout her over 20 years in tech. I ask myself questions every year, a set of questions, and they could be different for everybody, but mine are, am I still learning? Do I like what I'm doing? Do I like who I'm working with? And can I see the next year's worth of challenges? What I find useful and what I've advised to others and and seems to have helped them is think about what you like to do and what you have already demonstrated are your core competencies. Like you are good at these things. And Let that guide you to some extent on the next thing. That core thinking of what do I like to do during the day and what am I good at that helped me figure out what was next. And likewise, when you're making a leap, really being very clear on what your core competencies are is very important because you're going to have to convince whoever else that they should take a bet on you. For serial entrepreneur, CEO, and mentor Tina Sharkey, taking on a new job or leaving an old one isn't just about the paycheck or how it sounds. She takes time to reflect on the decision with some of these key questions. When I'm making a decision to take a role, whether that's a board role, an advisory role, an operating role, or starting something, I think to myself, what can I uniquely contribute to this? Can I be set up to be successful? What am I learning here? Because I never want to do anything where I'm just uh, giving. I feel like everything should be bimodal. So I want to be able to learn as much as I can teach and help and lead. And so I think being a great leader is also being a great learner and a great listener. When I know it's time to move on is when A, I believe that the team I've given them the power to get this done on their own without me. And so that means there's somebody on my bench that is ready to actually take on that role. I always try and develop a bench so that people are never like just stuck in their own jobs, that they're always thinking about what's next and I'm helping them get there. Or I feel like there's nothing more I can contribute other than continuing to just make sure the ships run on time. 
We all know that having a good mentor or advocate can make a massive difference. Many of the women we've talked to in all kinds of industries brought it up. But mentorship comes in different forms. For retail executive Paula Galperin, it's been about surrounding herself with the right people. I think that's what has been like really critical in my path and my career path is I was always influenced and inspired by those around me who became my mentors and they kind of were the guiding light where I wanted to go and what I wanted to become. But I always try and spend my time and surround myself with people who push me to be greater and who are that role model. Patricia Sexton's experience with mentorship meant getting a much-needed push at a critical moment in her life. She was torturing herself over a big decision, whether or not to leave a lucrative banking career to go to the other end of the earth and pursue her dream of journalism. And I said, look, I've got this option to go off to Mongolia. And he looked at me straight in the eye, this very senior banker from Goldman Sachs who was running foreign exchange sales. Like you kind of don't get to a, a more top of your game in this particular industry than that. And Bob said to me, go follow your dream. And you can always come back and talk to us, but go follow your dream. And I thought, wow, even at the time, it was just this watershed moment where a guy who's given his all to his own career is telling me that this is not the path you need to be on. Go and do your own thing. It's pretty powerful. Sometimes finding your path means following a dream or even just a hunch and being persistent enough to make it happen no matter what. That's what happened to award-winning correspondent Jane Ferguson, as she tells it. I went to Yemen to study Arabic and then got a job in Dubai at an English language paper. And essentially, after a couple of years at that, uh, CNN opened a big hub up in Abu Dhabi and I jumped in my little car and I drove up to Abu Dhabi and I got a meeting with the bureau chief and I asked him for a job and he said, I don't have any openings. And I said, I will do anything. I will park cars, open your mail, just let me be a receptionist. And I was already, you know, a fairly well-paid business reporter by this stage, but I just desperately really, really wanted to get into broadcasting and do international news. And so in the end, he offered to take me on as a freelancer. And I became this sort of solo self-shooting correspondent where I would go places that they were weren't sending teams to that turned out to usually be quite dangerous. We'll leave you with a thought that's come up in so many of our conversations, being boxed in. We're often taught we have to have one specific thing, passion, career, whatever, one clear title to put on LinkedIn to introduce yourself at parties, something other people can understand. But so many of the inspiring, successful women we talk to found their fulfillment through many different things and say no to being boxed in to just one. One of them is attorney and founder Brooke Goldstein. People have always said to me, well, if you're doing this, how can you focus on that? And first of all, I'm a mother of three children, <laughs> so I can focus on multiple things at a time, number one, duh. But second of all, these things all complement each other. For some reason in the Jewish world, we all put ourselves in these boxes. And I think there, there needs to be a paradigm shift in that sense. And social media is really good for that because people who are multi-talented are able to achieve multiple things at the same time and have it all linked together and promote it together and connect with others and grow their movements. Founder of the jewelry line Alighieri Roshmatani echoes that same feeling. In our society, we're so used to putting things in boxes, like 
oh, this is an arty person. Like she's really numerical. She's really creative. And actually, why can't we just go back to the Renaissance man philosophy? Like we're all just building every facet of ourselves and we are multifaceted. And I think that extends to gender discussions and race discussions. And I think the main problem is the boxing of people into categories, like just be. On that note that I personally love, the Renaissance woman will leave you for this week. We hope some of those reflections and advice have given you some food for thought or maybe some courage and validation. To hear more of their stories and unfiltered insight, don't forget to subscribe or follow us if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and talk to us on Twitter at Nareet Ben or Instagram at Life Deconstructed Pod. And don't miss next week, an intimate conversation with singer, songwriter and musician Reef Cohen. She opens up about creating her hit debut album à Paris, the fear of releasing it into the world, discovering her femininity, and much more. The hardest work is to love yourself with all the things that is less good, to even love this. There is periods that I like myself, <laughs> I accept myself. So in the period I allowed myself to create much more and uh, Years after I read it and I am amazed sometimes, even from the guts. Thanks as always to our super producer Talia Golihov. I'm Narit Ben. We'll see you next week on Life Deconstructed.